Hi, and welcome to the Turbo Machinery Controls podcast, where we'll be informally discussing turbo machinery controls and turbine safety-related questions and topics. Opinions expressed here are our own and not necessarily those of Trisend. I'm Tom, and I'm with Jim Jacoby, Senior Vice President of Technology here at Trisend. Hey, Tom. Hey, Jim. And Tyson Johncock, Vice President of Engineering and Service here at Trisend. Hey, good to see you, Tom. Yeah, thanks. Good to see you too, Tyson. In this episode, we'll be talking about compressor control and surge avoidance, specifically the difference between stall, incipient surge, and surge. Okay, so here are the questions. What's the difference between compressor stall, incipient surge, and surge? Okay, so I'm gonna start because I'm old. I don't have as much time as the rest of you guys, so I gotta get my words in. The, the term incipient surge, when I started in this business, there weren't any surge control system vendors out there. So when we talked about incipient surge, we were talking about a phenomenon that actually had nothing to do with actual surge. And I think lately that term has been appropriated to mean you're in the beginning stages of surge, you're actually wobbling, which to me is actually surge, it's just not severe. Now the term stall comes from airfoil design. So if you know we talk about it in terms of stall on an aircraft wing, stall occurs when you get severe boundary layer separation on the back side of the wing. Well, in a, an axial compressor, the blades look a lot like an airfoil and the same thing occurs, you get a separation on the back side of that blade that actually tends to choke off that flow path and it creates eddy currents that can jump around to the different blade passages and they tend to move at somewhere around half to 70% of the running frequency. In an actual compressor, that's especially bad because the the blockage isn't uh, uniform throughout the, the compressor or even that row of blade. That, that stall cell uh, doesn't uniformly form on all of the passages, and that creates a pressure pulsation just by the passing of the blade relative to the, the upstream guide vane, and that can excite the resonant frequency of the blade, and, and then you start cracking the blade roots and they let go and makes a big mess. In centrifugals, on the other hand, that, that separation doesn't create the, um, a problem with the blade itself. The blade in a centrifugal doesn't look so much like an airfoil, but it still acts like one. And you get that separation on the back side of the blade as it's spinning through the casing, the separation creates the formation of vortices. And it just like on an airplane, if you look at pictures of, you know, smoke tests on an airplane wing, you see a bunch of vortices forming. The vortices actually will move out of the blade passage into the diffuser. Well, that velocity difference will shear those vortices loose from that flow stream and they'll they'll go backwards along this outer circumference of the wheel and hit the blade passage from a, a succeeding blade passage and that energy from that vortex is imparted into that blade passage which creates a radial pulse on the rotor so 
the movement of those vortices is again similar to what you see on an axial. It moves at about half of the rotating speed. So those pulsations that are in the radial direction create a force on the rotor that's normal to the to the shaft, which is at a frequency similar to the natural frequency of the rotor. So you have a 5,000 RPM compressor. The first criticals somewhere around 2,2500 RPM. Well, that happens to be the frequency of those pulses that you'll get in that rotating stall. So that creates a forcing function that can excite your rotor resonance. So in your opinion, is that the same as incipient surge? Yeah, well, that's that's what we used to call it. You know, and it really had nothing to do with surge. Probably rotating stall is a more appropriate term, and that's what they call it in an axial. But more recently, I think the term incipient surge has been appropriated to to mean that those pulsations that you start seeing in the flow meter, that means you're right on the edge of surge. But that, in my opinion, that is surge. It's just not at at a very, it's not bad enough yet to shake the machine. I, I don't disagree with any of that, but I would have said orders of magnitude. You know, I mean, the, the stall's kind of the start of something. The incipient yep. surge is a little bit more of something happening, and a surge is a lot of that happening. Yeah, no, the, so, the, I mean, the stall and surge are completely different problems. Yeah, so The problems are different, but, I mean, it's the condition that you're putting the compressor into. The order of magnitude is more and more. So you start getting a stall at a certain set of process conditions on it. If you continue that, don't you move from a stall to the incipient surge? If you go the incipient surge, if you do more of that, you're going to get a, a bigger surge. So, I mean, is that, that that's, that's what I, when we start talking about those things, that's what I kind of break it down to yeah. is, you know, there's, well, there's orders of magnitude of that. Well, and it's kind to, of... To be sure you're not alone and, yeah. you know, rational people can disagree. What I've read is that um, people talk about stall and they talk about surge or they talk about incipient surge and they talk about surge. And then I think the thing that if it's valid or not, I don't know. One, you can measure with the average flow change, but a stall, you don't see the average flow change. Depends on the curve, but I mean, you're no, starting no. to see that you, curve you, flatten off but and no rise. And the, the stall is is not measurable with a flow meter. It's not, it's going to be at a frequency and magnitude that just won't show up. You can read it with vibration probes. So if you, if you look at, like, say you're working a compressor back on the curve and you're, you're paying attention to pressure ratio and the flow mm-hmm. and, and everything, as you start decreasing that flow and that pressure ratio is rising, you reach a point where it sort of stops rising and you're right. on like the flat part of the you're curve. You're not stable anymore. Yeah, and and I mean to me that's where you're there, there's stuff starting to happen. Right. And maybe not measurable yet. It's measurable in the fact that I'm dropping my flow and I'm not seeing any rise in pressure ratio. So to me that's a way of measuring it or or seeing it. And I, I normally start to get a little bit more sort of like attentive. And your thrust is or displacement is starting to unload some. You've unloaded the compressor. Your pressure ratio is not changing. You're close. And I I don't know that to me that's a way of measuring it or seeing right. that you're close. You, yeah, but not all compressors exhibit uh, any evidence of, of stall. It doesn't occur all the time. Um, the um, surge occurs all the time. You'll always see evidence of surge, but rotating stall is, yeah, some, some machines just, you know, it doesn't create a problem. Now, it, it might it might be happening, and the rotor dampening is, is so good that, you know, you don't, there's no evidence, you know, that the magnitudes are, are real low. 
you know, incipient surge is an instability. You're right on the top of that flat spot, what people call incipient surge now. Yeah, that's but for, it's still surging. That's, it's for, just, that's for centrifugal type compressors that have right. that flat spot. The axials, yeah, you know, yeah, they, they right. just like yeah. off a cliff. That's, that's yeah. a different, that's a different yeah. podcast. That's yeah. right. Yeah, this yeah. notion of, um, and then what do you do about that, right? right? If you're actually pressures the big thing that changes or flows the big thing right. that changes. And, and even within a centrifugal, the um, the flatness of the curve is a function of the backward lean on the blade. So you, know, you take something like a, a wet gas machine or a crack gas machine, they t- typically have pretty high backward lean, and so they'll have a, a nice pressurized but you know propylene machines they've got to stuff so many wheels into the same casing they'll tend to be a real low backward lean and they can get real flat i've seen them that it, it seemed like you could go long long time before you, you wouldn't see any pressure change and flow keeps dropping and probably not a safe place to run but yeah, and I, I think, so we've we've kind of hinted at the second part of this question, the three-parter, right? And that is, so assuming there's a difference, right, right, between incipient surge, stall, and surge, or some combination thereof, how do you measure a stall or an incipient surge or surge? Well, as I mentioned, the stall may not be measurable. If it's not measurable, you don't have to worry about it, okay? So if it's a problem, it'll show up as vibration, radial vibration, okay. whereas the, the surges are going to act axially, and they may not provoke the rotor, but you'll see it in your flow measurements. So the stall, like I said, a lot of machines don't exhibit a problem. It seems like higher molecular weight gas machines are the ones that tend to see it more, like CO2 machines. They've traditionally exhibited problems problems within the stall. But once again, if it's not shaking your machine, then not an issue. Yeah, I look for it in the flow, the pressure, the sound, maybe somebody out there hearing something. Yeah, but yeah. those are all surge. Yeah. So I mean, but but you're asking how you measure something. Yeah, right, something, right, right, right. right. And, and that's that's the instrumentation of, you have. Right? Yeah, I mean, right. you use what you have, the vibration, right. pressures, flows. Temperature? Maybe, maybe some temperature if you can see something on the on the inlet or if you have the right instrumentation for that. Sound, you know, somebody out there saying, hey, it's starting to sound a little different or, you know, there's something going on. I don't always see the incipient search, right? The flow transmitter's too far away from the compressor. There's too much volume in there or something, you know. A full-on surge, you're going to see that. I mean, normally that shows up. But for me, you're, you're, all the things you talked about, like people are kind of listening. You got the vibration. You got the pressures, the flow. Maybe a temperature is a stretch. So temperature, though, is interesting because that would be – temperature is, though, for an axial compressor, right? Yeah. That is – If it's set up properly, right? Yeah, you've got to have a, a bare thermocouple in the inlet of the machine to, to detect it, though. That's yeah, the basis right. of John Gaston's uh, – Patent surge detections. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Last part of this. So we've measured it. And then the question now is, and I think you've already answered this, but how do we avoid these uh, phenomenon? Yeah. Where do you set the line? That's are you basically. asking like the handle, like the recycle valve or vent or maybe some process control or something that sort of how do you it's so, a broad question? Well, I mean, the thing is, is like if they're different, if a stall is different than um, incipient surge, which is maybe different than surge, are they all avoided the same way? Is it all about recycle or I think what you said was you can't really see a stall unless you're looking at vibration. Not, not with process instrumentation. Right. right. All of these things are phenomenon, though, about flow, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it 
they they occur when you drive the machine down to the the lower flow range. Yeah, so, even even the stall. So, so recycling the prevention is all about minimum flow. Right. That's okay. right. I'd go with the. There's a lot of answers to that, right? I mean, we we've done surge control measurements and indications for compressors that didn't have what we would consider an anti-surge valve, like recycle compressors and things. But we gave an operator indication to say kind of in an area you don't want to be in. So they they would take an operator approach to mitigate operating in that region. Yeah, but so, it, it's still an issue of setting a minimum flow, whether yeah. you do it manually or automatically. Yeah, so I'm, I'm saying, how do you control it? It might just be an operator taking some response to an indication. Yeah, right, but, sorry, sorry. Yeah, what yeah. I'm getting at is just more general. The way you fix this problem for anything is to get more flow through the compressor. Or prevent going too low in flow, right. right, that's right, exactly. Or reducing the pressure ratio. Actually, that- technically, the compressor do- makes the flow, so you... You prevent surge and you prevent the the rotating stall by keeping the pressure ratio below some value. We do that by manipulating flow, right? But you're indirectly. So you're you're venting or you're recycling or the process is changing. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, my my um, question about this was just if they're different, right? If how can you can fix them with the same thing? You know, I suppose technically you could probably come up with some system that used a uh, the vibration level as a uh, as a PV, but. There's so many other things that affect the vibration that that makes it kind of, you know, you might get some reaction from the anti-surge valve that weren't appropriate because it picked up vibration for other reasons. So in general, it happens at low flows. You just increase your minimum flow set point. There's a real practical thing here, and it's sort of a a false precision, right? You've got a valve that you can use or something, right, to address either pressure ratio flow, however you want to look at it, and you've got the measurements, right? right? So it's all kind of the same. It's like... Like all these things are very closely related, which I think is what makes it right. a little difficult to... Yeah. The, the first time I saw this problem was on some CO2 machines in a fertilizer plant in Iraq. Effectively, the solution was to tell the operators, you know, they could tell that they were at low flow and they could see the vibrations coming up. We just told them, well, you know, increase the minimum flow. And that was before they had any surge, right? They, it's just a DCS inflow set point. But the operators learned, right? If it starts shaking, give it some more flow and it'll stop. Yeah, okay. I, it's it, that simple, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can it, automate it, but... It makes sense to me. I guess, um, you know, I like to really simplify things. And so there's two extra descriptions here when really, call it all, call it all surge. But I get it. I get that we have to have definitions well, of stuff, right? Like it's not the same phenomenon again. But if you're from a controls perspective, but from a really practical aspect, that's all the same thing. Right. The problem with the rotating stall, though, is it's it is a flow phenomenon, whereas surge is really more about the pressure ratio. So the when you get to certain low flows, you get the boundary layer separation because there's just not enough gas moving through that passage to fill the whole passage, and so it separates from the backside of the blade. It's not worth overcomplicating the solution to get. Yeah, not not for like sort of the way we look at it anyways from a practical just get it done right. sort of a thing. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And that's it for this episode. Let us know what you've got on your mind at turbo machinery controls at trison.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.